a man moved into a monastery and the monks within this monastery, they were only allowed to speak two words a year. Some of y'all would be in serious trouble. So in the, after his first year, he went to the head monk or whatever they're called, and he said, bed hard. And then he went silent for another year. The second year he came back, he went to the head guy and he said, food bad. And then he went silent for another year. And the third year he came to the head monk and he said, I quit. And the head monk said, well, no wonder you've done nothing but complain since you've been here. <laughs> Sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? I wonder if we could only speak two words a year, what would they be? He said, you know, would it he said, it doesn't surprise me you've done nothing but complain. And see, what the enemy wants to do with you guys, and, 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 and me and all of us as well, is he wants to keep us in a place of depression, in a place of fear, and in a place of heartache. And so as I sat down, there was one scripture that I came to that I thought, oh, I'm gonna do a whole three weeks here leading up to Thanksgiving on just Thanksgiving. But I went to this scripture and the Lord stuck this one out to me and we're actually gonna use this one scripture as our base for the next three weeks. And it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, out of the Passion Translation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. And like I said, I am reading out of the Passion Translation. He says, let joy be your continual feast. I think King James Version says, says rejoice evermore. He says, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. Again, I believe King James says, pray without ceasing. He says, make your life a prayer. And I like verse 18. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. And the King James Version says, for this is the will of God for your life. Is that correct if somebody's got a King James there? He said, for this is the, so if you want to know what the will of God is, he just told you in those three verses. First of all, you got to rejoice always. I like the way the passion says it there. It says, let joy be a continual feast in your life. And then he said, pray without ceasing. Make your whole life a prayer. Somebody asked me this week, well, how can I pray without ceasing? How can I not, how can I stop or not stop praying? You've got to live your life in such a way that it is a constant communication with God. We're going to get into that next week. And then finally he said, in whatever circumstance, in everything, always giving thanks for this is the will of God. So the will of God for your life is not, all right, who do I marry? What job do I get? Where do I go to church? Uh, uh, do I buy this house? Do I not buy this house? Or let me go walk seven times around this car and, and come on. God's perfect will for your life is that you're continually filled with joy that you are a prayer in every day of your life and that you are constantly in a state of thanksgiving. 
That is God's will for your life. The expositor's Bible says this. It says these three things are considered, or, or, or these three verses may be called the standing orders of the Christian church. These are the standing orders of the Christian church. But does that look like our church? Don't laugh at me. (laughs) Does it look like, does our church look like a place that is constantly filled with joy? And do our churches look like a place that is filled with prayer? And do our churches look like a place that is constantly giving thanks? Well, no, well, why not? Because the people of our church aren't constantly filled with joy, aren't continually praying, come on. You know, this ain't the church, you are. Now, what I wanna focus on is because this series is called Living in God's Will. And this is what we're gonna do. To live in God's will, we're gonna do these things. All right? And the first one we're gonna focus on is found in verse 16. Can you bring verse 16 up again, Bobby? He said, let joy be your continual feast. B.W. Johnson says this, and I can't remember if I, brought, if I put it up on the screen or not. It says, B.W. Johnson said, religion is not sullen and sour, but full of joy. So full that the saint can even be joyous when all the world seems to frown. He has hidden source of joy, a present savior, a blessed hope. See, this is how we gotta understand. If we wanna be in the will of God, the will of God is pick your lower lip up off the ground, pick your chin up, stick your chest out, let joy flood you, and you become overwhelmed. But there's so many things going on with the world. The world's going to hell, everything's awful, everything's bad. You've forgotten who your God is. You've forgotten that he fills you with joy. His joy is what strengthens you. His joy is what puts you over. He didn't say the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and you're happy every now and then. He said the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is joy. The whole kingdom of God is filled with joy. So why is not the kingdom of God? Because the Lord said, Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, the kingdom of heaven is in you. So why aren't we filled with joy? Mm. Why do so many people in our world, when they look at a, a, a believer who's supposed to be the most joyous person in the world, and all they see is these big long horse faces. You know what a horse face is, don't you? They see hateful men and women who sing, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, but they never tell their face. (laughs) I've got the joy, joy, joy. We sing these songs, but we, where you, and then the rest of us go, where? Down in my heart. Well, tell your face. Come on. It don't show. Why? Because it's become words and not a lifestyle. Let me tell you something, folks. The joy of the Lord should be to you like drugs to an addict. 
It should be something that's the first thing you look for in the morning and it's the last thing you do before you go to bed and you make sure you don't go to to sleep unless you got enough to wake up to in the morning. It's filled with you. It overwhelms you. It overtakes you that it's hard to even be sad. Everybody else, let them be sad, but I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep everything about me until the end of that day. Adam Clark said this, he said, be always, in in his translation, in his commentary on this, he said, be happy always. The religion of Christ was intended to remove misery. How you doing? I'm just miserable. Stop it. You don't nearly know Christ. I love that. The religion of Christ was intended to remove misery. Folks, God is not the God of dead, dry expressions of religion. He is a God of extreme excitement. He is the God of extreme joy. He is the God of laughter. After all, the word says that he sits in the heavens and he laughs. Mm. So why in the world would we sit down here and not laugh and not be filled with joy. So that's our first question as we look at this series in living in God's will, is we're gonna look at verse 16. He said, and let joy be your continual feast. And so today we're gonna look at contagious joy. God wants you full of joy. He wants your joy not just to, to affect you, but you should be rubbing off on somebody else. So the first question I have for you today is what hinders our joy? Why in the world are we not this way? Why are we not continually feasting on joy? Rejoice evermore. Why? Well, the first problem is, is we fail to maintain focus on the important things. We fail to maintain focus it's a failure to focus. See, what went, on, what went in your mind this morning? What went on your, in your mind this morning? I have to get up, it's Sunday, that's what good Christians do. <laughs> and I have to go listen to Ron, do what he do. And I have to listen to the praise team and they're gonna sing four or five and Pastor Brent's gonna get messed up and hit wrong chords and notes and Everything else. It's just what we do. See, we have fallen a thing where we have lost focus on, on, on what we're supposed to do. And so what happens is every day begins to look like every other day. And we just focus on life. You see, every day, folks, should be a p- time of excitement. See, we've lost focus because we have forgotten who God is. We've forgotten that he is omnipotent. We've forgotten that he's omnipresent. We've forgotten that he's creator. We've forgotten that he's savior. We've forgotten that he is king of kings. We've forgotten that he's Lord of lords. We've forgotten that we're his kids. We've forgotten that he has brought us through and what he did for the children of Israel, he'll do for you. We've forgotten that he is not gonna leave them into bondage and he's not gonna leave us into bondage either. And we have changed our focus. Now I'm gonna gripe here a little bit, okay? The problem is, we focus on problems. 
Right now, the whole, uh, this might get us shut down on Facebook, I don't care. (laughs) See, the problem is right now the whole church is freaking out because it looks one way, because we've put more confidence in a man than we've put in God. We're freaking out. We're scared to death that our man or your man, whomever, whichever one it is, is not going to get in because you've forgotten that the one who came and set you free and said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will take you to the very end. We've forgotten that it doesn't matter who's the president because we are citizens of a kingdom. We have been received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So no matter what goes on in Washington, it doesn't change what happens in the kingdom. Come on. I, I, uh, it don't, when are we going to realize the only person that controls our future is him? Amen. Not them. So I don't care who it is. We've, we've lost focus. This is why we can't have contagious joy. This is why our joy gets diminished. I, I'm telling you, the, the, the awfulest things that I see, on, I, which I've, I've had to turn it all off and turn off Facebook because the way believers treat other believers is pitiful. Amen. Come on because somebody don't line up with somebody else's thought system. That bugs me. I don't know about if it bugs you, but that bugs me. I'm not talking about a particular man here. You figured this out, right? I don't care. But what I know, that if I'm going to focus on that so much, it's gonna rip joy right out of my heart, and before long, it's gloom, doom, despair. Folks, I'm encouraging you today, find joy in the kingdom, not in an earthly thing. Then we focus on jobs, because those are important. Then we focus on bills, because those are important. Then we focus on relationships. Then we start focusing on our failures. Our problem is we've got the wrong focus. Joy is hard to be maintained if you're focused somewhere other than the kingdom. Go to Psalms 33, verse six. Psalms 33, verse six. I'm reading out the passion again. It says, all he had to do was speak by his spirit wind command. And God created the heavenlies, filled the galaxies with stars, the vast cosmos he wonderfully made. This is who we serve. He breathes out stars. They tell us that the universe continues to expand. We haven't even, we can't even see outside of our own galaxy, yet alone the universe. And it says that when he breathes, stars come forth from his nostrils. Hmm. He says, he filled the galaxies with stars, the vast cosmos he wonderfully made. His voice scooped out the seas and the ocean depths he poured into vast reservoirs. That's the God we serve. If that's the God you serve, then how in the world are we so 
worried about all the little things that happened down. Well, these aren't little things. These are big things. Not in his eyes. Oh. His voice scooped out the seas. The ocean depths he poured into vast reservoirs. Now, with breathtaking wonder, let everyone worship Yahweh. This awe-inspiring creator. You know why we lose joy? Because we've lost the awe of serving. You know, that's where the word awesome comes from. We have lost the wonder of serving God and we've just made it a get out of hell free card. It's all good. I'm not going to hell. I'm happy. And now everything else in this world affects me. You've forgotten the awe-inspiring God. Words he breathed and worlds were birthed. He speaks words and worlds are born. Let there be, and there was, springing forth from the moment he spoke, no sooner said than done. What in the world are we focused on? We're focused on who can do this and who can do that. When I serve the one who, when he opens his mouth, entire galaxies are created. That every time he exhales, that stars shoot forth from his nostrils. And when stars shoot forth out of him, when he breathes out stars, he's, before they ever get out of his sight, he's already got them named. Know where they're gonna land and knows what's gonna happen on each one of them. And I'm worried about fill in the blank. This is God. We have lost. We, we, why is joy so lost on us? Because we have lost focus. Imagine if the body of Christ would begin to focus on this God. What if he was the bottom, the be all, end all to us? Jump down to verse 20 of Psalms 33. The Lord alone is our radiant hope. You need to read that aloud to yourself. The Lord alone is our radiant hope. Not a man, not a job, not a career, not an economy. The Lord alone is our radiant hope. And we trust in him with all our hearts. Maybe there's the problem of joy's gone. Maybe we don't really trust him. We trusted him enough to get my little self out of hell, but I don't trust him enough to fill my bank account. But I don't trust him enough to pay my bill. But I don't, he can get me out of hell, but I don't trust him enough to heal me. I don't trust him enough to make sure I'm gonna be secure. And so all of a sudden, joy begins to be pulled out of us. See, when we change our focus, Joy begins to be pulled out of us. We trust in him with all of our hearts. His wraparound presence strengthens us. As we trust, 
we rejoice with an uncontained joy flowing from Yahweh. As we trust, see trust comes along with rejoicing. Trust comes along with joy. I, I, like I said, I told you, I, I, I've gotten so frustrated this week. And it's not over what you think it's over. It's over what I see the church putting their trust in. A world system that is faulty and that is frailed when we serve a king. I know, this is not real popular. Visitors, sorry, you get me today, so. Verse 22, let, love, let your love and steadfast kindness overshadow us completely, for we trust and wait upon you. There's verses six through nine, there's verses 20 through 22. Now jump to verse one of the same chapter. It's time to sing and shout for joy. It's past time. We've had enough whining, we've had enough crying, we've had enough belly aching. How about the church of God? How about the church that serves the, the star breathing, star naming, water scooping, water measuring God? who creates by just a word, how about that we start living and reminding ourselves that is who we serve. And then all of a sudden, this is easy. It's time to sing. It's time to shout for joy. Sometimes you need to shout just to remind yourself that you've got joy. Some of you know, some of you don't. I used to teach high school. I taught a high school speech class. The very first day, I took them all outside and they had one assignment, pass or fail, and it was to yell at the top of their lungs. It was just to let it out, just, just yell. I didn't care if they said a word, if they just made a noise, but it was to the top of their lungs. They were to shout. And I watched as each one, you know, that's a hard thing for people to do. Not for me, obviously. (laughs) But it was hard. And I watched one young man, he just sat down and said, I can't do it. But I watched as each one of them yelled, how open they got, how relaxed they got, how all the pressure was off. And this one young man, we were, we were on the parking lot and he sat on the guardrail and he sat down and said, I can't. I said, look how relaxed all them are. Look, they're all laughing, they're all giggling, they're all, it, was, it, it turned into joy. When they opened their mouth and let out a roar, it turned into joy. What if the church would just begin to shout for joy? Not shout because we're happy, but shout for joy. Just to let it out. There was a song about that, wasn't it? Back in the 80s, y'all remember that? Come on, Sandy, help me out. We're the same age. Shout, shout, 
Let it all out. Come on. That's, you know why? Because the, oh, folks, what if the church would just realize we serve an awe-inspiring God, the star breather, star namer, ocean measure, and all of a sudden, it doesn't become hard. It just becomes natural that when we enter his presence, because we never leave it, so every day we're shouting for joy. Hey. I don't know if I can do that. Close your eyes and let it rip. It's all, it's fine, go ahead. Well, that's just silly. Uh, uh, see, you shouted, they're laughing. See, come on. It's about being a contagious joy. You know who you serve. Why not shout? Why not sing? Why let the things of this world drag us down where we live in the mully grubs? Sydney's what's a mulligrub? <laughs> Let's finish this verse. Go ahead, all you redeemed ones, do it. Praise him with all you have. We show up for praise and worship and we just hope they sing our favorite song. And then we get mad when they don't. Oh, I was hoping you would sing. Every song should be your favorite song. <clears throat> praise him with all you have, for praise looks lovely on the lips of God's lovers. Praise looks <clears throat> lovely. So why are we losing our joy? Because we're focused on the wrong stuff. We're focused on the wrong people. We're focused on the wrong men. And therefore, we don't have continuous joy or contagious joy. So, why is another reason? What happens to us? What's the result of losing focus? The result of losing focus should be coming up on your screen right now. It's weak because we're influenced and not influencers. Hey, body of Christ, you weren't called to be influenced. You were called to be influencers. You were called to be the ecclesia. You were called to be the governing authority on, in the realm of reality of earth. That is who you're called to be. But our problem is we're influenced by all these outside sources rather than us influencing the world around us. I'm telling you, you walk into Walmart and shout for joy, you'll get somebody's attention. <laughs> See, we're, you're going to come in contact with different people every day. I was a counselor for 13 years. And, you, and, and there were some people that we would refer to as psychic vampires. Because by the time they left your office, you was like, oh, that was exhausting. Because they sucked the life right out of you. Some of you have family like that, I know. But you know, in a, in a course of a day, you're going to come in contact with depressed people, with happy people, excited people, sad people. You're going to come in contact with believers. You're going to come in contact with non-believers. And the issue is you cannot let what's going on in their lives affect the joy that you should be walking in. Remember Job? 
mind his own business, doing his own thing, had a few fears hidden up. Satan used those, the fears in his life to actually affect and influence his life. Read Job 3. What is that, verse 25, 26? He said, for that which I have feared has come upon me. The only inlet Satan had was his fear. And what he was afraid of was what happened to Job. So he's going through all this and he's sitting with boils and he's taking broken pieces of pottery, scraping boils off his body and his wife looks at him and says, why don't you just, you're holding on to your faith, you're holding on to your integrity, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, you talk like a foolish woman. You crazy. That's what he was saying. Folks, you, we've got to come to the point that it doesn't matter if everybody says to give up, give in, and get out. That we say, you're talking like a crazy person. You don't know the God I serve. You don't know the star-breathing, star-naming, ocean-measuring, mountain-setting God who speaks a word and no sooner than he speaks it, it happens. I'm just waiting on the right word from God. I'm just waiting on him to speak the right word in my life for the right time. Oh, you talk like a crazy person. How am I going to give up now? If I give up now, I'm going to end up with what I got right now. So I might as well just keep on believing him. I might as well just keep on trusting him because he says I will never leave you I will never forsake you Amen. he said he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread last time I checked I'm righteous so I'm not going to be forsaken and my kids aren't going to have to beg. yeah but we're thinking about the future I don't care my kids will never have to beg for bread Oh, now, wait a minute. I'm telling you right now, my kids will not have to beg. You better make a declaration over your life. You better make a declaration over your family. You're worried about what this world has, and I'm telling you about the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm telling you about the God who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his children. I'm telling you the one who says that you'll leave an inheritance for your children's children. See, what I, my goal in here is when we leave here today, we're not like the rest. We're not going to be down. <laughs> we're going to influence rather than be influenced. <laughs> Psalms 34 verse 1. Look what David says here. Psalm 34 verse 1. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you have done for me. I'm telling you, you people, and I'm, when I say you people, I'm talking about the church world in general. This is what we're supposed to be looking at. Thessalonians said, these are your standing orders. Rejoice all, you ought to be the happiest bunch of people. If a kid's ball comes in your yard, you should buy them another one so they have two to play with. Oh, nobody can be this. Why can't we? Remember when, when Jesus was sitting and all the kids wanted to run up to him? Folks, let me tell you, kids don't run up to hateful people. <laughs> but those of us who are bursting with joy, I'm telling you, that, I, I'm not going into that. He said, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done. My lips are full of perpetual praise. 
This is what you should be looking like. Perpetual praise. I've got a pastor friend. Dee just put him down as a reference. And if you're watching, I'm talking to you. Uh, Dee just put him down as a reference for a job. And she said, only thing I can think of is when he answers the phone, he goes, praise the Lord. And the company's going to go, what? Because you don't get around the man that the first words out of his mouth are, well, glory, well, praise God, well, glory, well, praise God. Everything. I'm telling you, I've seen him go through horrible things in his life, and he'll sit there by himself going, praise God. Man, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I do. Praise God. See, we got to come to the point where none of this stuff matters to us other than what David said. My lips are full of perpetual praise. It just keeps coming and bubbling out of me because I got the joy, joy, joy. (laughs) And I'm going to tell my face and my face are going to move my lips and I am going to be filled with perpetual joy. Verse two, I am boasting of you rather than complaining of something else. Oh, come on. I am boasting of you. So that means if I'm going to spend the most of my time boasting about God, then I'm going to quit complaining about everything else. Uh, I am boasting of you and all your works, so let all who are discouraged take heart. He said, I'm going to be an influencer. People ought to be uncomfortable complaining around you. (laughs) People ought to be, I'm telling you. Why? Because every time you talk, praise God, praise God. Even the cell phones praise God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, what are you thanking God for? Everything's a wreck. No, it's not. No, it's not, because it doesn't matter what happens, I still know in whom I have believed. Boasting of you and all your work, so let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. David said, I'm going to be an influencer. It's time for the body of Christ to be influencers. Quit quit with the gloom and doom despair. Hmm. That's not the God we serve. Come on. Join me, everyone. Let us praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all, being an influencer. Joy dealers, that's what you are, or what you should be. Listen to my testimony. If they want to complain, say, wait, 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 I got something good to say first. Let me listen to my testimony and then you can complain to me. It's like Smith Wigglesworth when he agreed to dance with a lady on a cruise ship coming to America and everybody was shocked when they saw him walk out to the dance floor with this young lady. And he says, this lady asked me to dance and I'm going to dance, but I always like to pray before I dance. And as he began to pray, the power of God fell in that place and everyone just began to fall under the power of God and fall out. Folks, you are an influencer. So before, they let you compl- before you let them complain to you, how about you say, hey, let me testify to you first. Mm, come on. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him. Join your life with him and joy will come. Well, why are you so happy? Because I joined up with God. And he's already joined himself to you, so you just need to get on board. 
Join yourself to him and joy comes. Come on. Uh, your faces will glisten with glory. <laughs> and you will never wear that shame face again. Glory to God. The only reason we are struggling with joy is because we are focused on the wrong things. So how do we maintain joy? Well, you got to be an influencer and not be influenced. But now we're going to look at how do I maintain joy? This joy is hard to come by sometimes. Well, if you're focused on the wrong things. No, there's only one major thing that I'm going to give you today. And we're going to read one last set of scriptures. Is if we want to maintain joy in our life, it's not sitting watching the news. Can I get an amen? amen. If you want to maintain joy in your life, it is dwelling in the secret place of God. Psalm 16. It's dwelling in the secret place of God. So, and I said Psalm 16. I'm sorry, Psalms 91. It has 16 verses in it. <laughs> Psalms 91. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He is the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. You see, if I want to maintain my joy, I want to stay confident in life, then I have to just hide in his shadow. I get right up close to him. I would like a, he said that his word says that he takes us in like a hen does her chicks and puts it. You know why? In there you hear his heartbeat. You hear, you feel the warmth of his glory. And then what happens is verse three, and he will rescue you from every hidden trap. And he will protect you from false accusations and deadly curses. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering and of, of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You see, when you start living there, who cares what goes on around you? Because you know that his arms are wrapped around you and every accusation and every curse and everything that would try to ensnare you and trip you up. Thing is, folks, we've forgotten who we serve. Verse five, you will never worry about attack of demonic forces at night, nor fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. I'm just afraid of the enemy. I'm just afraid of the enemy. You've forgotten. You've lost focus. You've forgotten where you're at. Well, don't say that. The devil will get you. <laughs> no, he can't. You know, that's never a fear of mine. It's not. I'm not. Let me tell you something. We've done our, we've done our children a disservice. You better be good, the devil get you. We've made him more powerful than God. 
I, I determined a long time ago my kids would never hear that mess because the devil's not going to get them. Why? Because they're mine. And I'll protect them the same way my father protects me. And I, and I speak over when, when, when she was born, I told you all the story. She had brain bleeds on both sides of her head. They told her she would never probably walk straight. She's always going to be behind. You know how many, how many nights I laid in bed with my hand on top of her head saying, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind that figures out problems. You have the mind that creates solutions from nothing. You have this mind. And over and over and over I spoke into her. And then when she goes to college, on a volleyball scholarship, I wanted to go back to the doctor and say, hey, remember the one you said probably wouldn't even walk right? And then she graduates from one and then goes, starts at OT school and is killing it. <laughs> but you know why? Because I constantly, I, I didn't go around telling him, the devil get you, he's so big and he's so powerful, I don't know. I never made him afraid of him. Well, you should make him afraid of the devil. Why? He's defeated. Come on, folks. We get. I'm going to make them afraid of something that's already been defeated? Our problem is we don't believe he's defeated, so we let him kick the door in of our own house, and he comes in and steals the joy right out from under us. All right, going on. Verse 6, don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you, even in the time of disaster. With thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. Somebody better claim that over yourself. But the numbers, but the numbers, but the number, but the God. <laughs> But the numbers, but the numbers, but God. <laughs> okay. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they've done. Verse 9. When you live, when we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? Woo! Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to try to finish this. I'm getting wrecked here. Verse 11, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, and see that doesn't mean there's not traps laid for you. And it doesn't mean that you won't walk into it. Come on. You're saying nothing bad's ever going to happen. Nope. But what I am saying is if you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you. Who'll be there for you, angels? Amen. Ministering spirits sent to minister on your behalf and to you. If you walk into a trap, 
They'll be there for you to keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed as among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. Folks, why are we not more joyful than we are? We ought to be giddy. They People ought to think of us. There's something wrong with them. That person ain't right. They're a little touched. You better believe I am. Because I touched his glory and it changed me forever. Moses came off a mountain hiding his face from the glory of God. Man, I say, let it shine. We, we ought to get so close to God that we radiate. Mm. You've got a certain glow about you. Well, thank you. That's Jesus. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Verse 14. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. Maybe we just, we've lost our focus. I will protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. Now this is God's answer. This is how God answers the people who start trusting in him this way. This is God's answer to people who hide themselves in the dwelling place of God. Who know their God. Let's read verse 14 again, Bobby. Just back that up to that one. Here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. Verse 15, and I will answer your cry. Oh, we lost signal, huh? I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. Uh, and you will find and feel my presence even in times of pressure and trouble. I'm in verse 15 if you're following along. They're working on it back there. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will find, not just find his presence, but you're gonna feel his presence. Even in times of pressure and trouble. I will be, listen, oh, this is God's answer, folks. This is God's answer to the people who are walking in contagious joy, who are gonna influence rather than be influenced. He said, I will be your glorious hero and I will give you a feast and I will be your glorious hero and I will give you a feast now we've made it to the last verse so whether they get it up or not it don't matter listen to verse 16 you will be satisfied with a full life God wants you satisfied with life you will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you. 
you will be satisfied. I was, in a, I was in a revival one time. We were meeting at a local community college. And uh, the pastor who set this up said, here's what we're going to do. It was with me and another guy, and he told my friend Steve, he said, Steve, I want you to evangelize people on Monday. And, and Brian, I want you to teach on healing the next day. And then we're going to do evangelism on Wednesday, healing on Thursday. And he said, on Friday, we'll just see what happens. Well, I'm standing there, and this lady comes up to me, and she says, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no, ma'am, I don't. She said, when you were a teenager, folks, y'all don't know me as a teenager. She said, you as a young man, I've prayed for you. And I prayed a lot for you, and I needed it a lot. And she said, it's, I'm so happy to see you here doing this. And I said, well, why are you here? She said, I have lung cancer. And she said, they've given me six months to live. And she said, I want you to pray for me. And I started to lay my hands on her. And the Holy Spirit said, ask her if she's satisfied with the life she's lived. I said, are you satisfied with the life you lived? No. I said, well, why not? I'm only, I think she was 60 at the time. She said, I'm only 60 years old. I've got grandkids. I've got kids. There's things I want to see. And she's standing there with oxygen on and can't breathe. And the Lord said, with long life, I'll say it. I said, do you feel like you've lived a long life? She said, no, I'm only 60. I said, well, the Lord says with long life, he'll satisfy you. And if you're not satisfied and you don't believe this is a long life for you, then get ready. We laid hands on her. She drops to the ground, rolls over, pulls the oxygen mask off, and we're in a state, we're in a, a, a theater that's got like, you know, the inclined theater seating. She takes off running and she jumps bottom two steps off the stage and she hits and she starts running up that hill. And I thought, well, this will be the test of how far she gets without oxygen. <laughs> she circles the back. She's running down the front. She circles the front. She runs up the back. She's coming down. She circles again. Goes to the doctor the next day and comes back the next night to report to us that the spots that were there were completely gone. I'm not done with her story. I said, so why are you up here in line? This was Friday, so this is what happened. I said, why are you up here in line? She said, I've got this hump on my back. And she had a big, you know. She said, pray for me. I said, okay. And so we prayed for her again. And she falls to the ground and everybody watches because she's late. She lays like this because of the hump. And she goes, huh. See, you need to declare over yourself, when you live in the place of constant being an influencer rather than being influenced, we live in the place of correct focus and joy is just bursting out of us because we just can't help it because we know who God is. We know the God we serve. Then all of a sudden, he says, you will be satisfied with a full life and I and all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of 
of salvation. You will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. See, the fullness of God's salvation is a salvation that is full of joy. And folks, the standing orders of the believer, you want God's will in your life? Here's what you do. It's God's will that you be absolutely ridiculous, over the top, stupid. (laughs) With joy. And even when everything else is going bad and it seems like it's all crawling in, falling in and crumbling in around us, somehow we sit with this big cheese-eating grin. What's wrong with you? You're crazy. I know who I believe. And I don't care. Let it all fall in. I'm going to sit right here because my God says he'll satisfy my life and he will fill me and he will be there. And every time that I cry out to him in prayer, he'll answer me. He is my joy, not the things of this world. Well, how does this happen when you get in a secret place? You make this happen. He can't make it happen. He's already provided it all. Now it's up to you. Joy's a choice. (laughs) You can be mad and you can be angry and you can get ticked off and you can do whatever if you want to. But I'd much rather be happy. I'd much rather be filled with joy. It's more fun this way, Ted. I enjoy my life. When things go bad, Idra, I still turn around and look at Dee and say, man, I got the best life ever. I enjoy this life. And that's how it's supposed to be lived. Does that mean everything's perfect? I wish. (laughs) But that doesn't mean they won't be. Because I know my God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you are so wonderful to us, that you have got more in store for us than we could ever imagine, God. Oh, it is so wonderful to be called your child. It's so glorious to be called yours, Lord. And I thank you that you have chosen us for the kingdom for such a time as this. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. If you're watching on.